so glad to see all of you here today, see some new faces. I, I hope that you'll all be sure to connect with us so uh, we get a chance to know who you are and to get acquainted a little bit better. So let's start with prayer, then we'll get going. Chelsea, we're going to start in Ephesians, just so you know. All right. Lord, we thank you that you are good. Every day that we live, Lord, we know that you're good. When we look around us and we see things that aren't good, we know that you're good. And we know that you're not okay with the things that are not going right around us. But in the midst of everything, Lord, <laughs> we know that you're good and that you're always there with us. You are our present help in a time of need. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, thank you for your presence, and thank you for your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we are going to look in Ephesians chapter 3. All right, and I'm going to find it. There we go. And we're going to look in verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We're going to look at this last scripture in verse 19 in the Amplified because I want you to just get a snapshot of what God is wanting for you. It says here that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled. Do you like that word, filled? Would you like it if you went to a restaurant and you asked for a, a Dr. Pepper and you got a half a glass? No, you want that thing filled up, filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And where did all of that start with? With this simple phrase that you would be rooted and grounded in love. The love of God. You know, some of you, if we went around this room today and we asked uh, different people how they came to know God, you'd have a lot of, of different answers. My husband came to know Jesus because he did not want to go to hell. And that's what the preacher preached on that day, and that's, that's a good reason. <laughs> Some of you, you might tell me, you might say, I was in a situation that was so desperate. I had no answers, and I gave my life to God because that was the only, I couldn't see any other way. I needed God to get me out of the desperation. Maybe you were sick in your body, and it was like, you know what? If I don't have the help of God, 
I'm not going to make it through this. I'm giving my life to God. Maybe you were in a situation so, so scary. Maybe you were so afraid that you gave your life to God. Lots of different reasons that people come initially into a relationship with Jesus. But I'm telling you that the primary thing we need to focus on is that verse, verse 17, being rooted and grounded in love. The primary thing, the primary reason that you need to be in relationship with God is because you understand that he loves you. Now, all you kids, I'm, I've got so many good, happy kids. We're going to learn a verse right quick. Um, the parents are going to learn this verse by default. So, are y'all good at tongue twisters? Can anybody do Peter pick to Piper? Peter, 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 Piper. Okay, so, but this one's easier than that. All right, so it's just a little song, and it's just like this. I'm rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded, I'm rooted and grounded, I'm rooted and grounded in love. Can you do it? Can we try? I mean, you're not going to try? You're not even going to give it a good go? All right, let's give it a good go. I'm rooted and grounded in love, I'm rooted and grounded in love, I'm rooted and grounded, I'm rooted and grounded, I'm rooted and grounded in love. Very well. You did a good job. So I hope that as you're going to sleep tonight, you're like Benjamin Beery told me one day. I, I said, do you know your memory verse? He says, yes, it's been going around and around and around in my mind and driving me crazy. And I said, ha, 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 ha. job well done, Melody. <laughs> That's what we want to be going around and round and round in our hearts is God's word and in particular this concept that God loves us. And we'll come back and visit that hopefully at the beginning. Now we're going to go to, you can go to Matthew 13 where we'll spend most of our time today. By the way, thank you all for the wonderful little videos and words of encouragement that you sent to us. That was just, that was precious to us and made me sniff. And if you make me sniff right here, so help me, don't you do that to me. So we're going to start out with, with um, a story. Most of you know that my husband's from Kentucky, and in Kentucky, wherever you don't do something, grass grows. You have to make grass not grow. If you don't want grass to grow there, you're going to have to mulch it or do some evil thing to it so grass doesn't grow there. And how many of you know that in Pueblo, we don't have that problem? Yeah. And so my husband still has been insistent we're going to have a little piece of Kentucky, a very small piece of Kentucky in Pueblo, Colorado. And so he's got his grass and his trees. Everything else in the yard is mine. I have to ask help with anything else I want. But trees and grass are the love of his life. He loves them. <laughs> and so one year we, he had this section in his yard that was brown and crunchy and nothing he did fixed it. I mean, he did, you know, usually he and I will kind of go around and around. He'll say, I'm going to have to snip your bush back over here because it's getting in the way of my sprinkler heads. And I'm like, okay, but I'm watching you. And you're not going to snip one little piece of my bush that doesn't need snipped, okay? I'm watching. <laughs> and so we have this little thing we go through. So he had done all his things. He put fertilizer on it. He did all these things. And it didn't matter what we did. It was brown and crunchy. 
And so he was gone one day, and I thought, you know what? I'm a problem solver. I am tired of an unhappy husband over brown, crunchy grass. I'm going to figure this out. And so I thought, this is where I'm starting. I'm starting with the sprinkler heads. I went and I got his map of his genius map of all his sprinkling system. And I went to that section, and I found the corner sprinkler head, and I thought, I'm going to make sure that all the sprinkler heads, that there's like no rocks or anything, grass growing over it, or, you know, bind weed will just bind and bind and bind, and you know how it does. Oh, I just told y'all we have weeds in our grass. Okay, there is that too, but we're working on that. Anyway, so I got his map, and I'm, I'm found the corner sprinkler head, and I found the next one, and they're all evenly spaced until I got to this one section, and there was this huge gap from one sprinkler head to the other, I thought. That doesn't seem right. All of the other sprinkler heads are very evenly. I went to the map. I counted. And sure enough, there was a missing sprinkler head. And right in the place where that missing sprinkler head should have been was my previous year's Mother's Day gift, which was a large slab of rock with a water fountain on it. I thought, oh, no. So I went and I calculated everything up. <clears throat> yep, sure enough. I, according to this map, <laughs> this sprinkler head that services this brown, crunchy area is lying underneath a rock slab. So you can imagine my husband's excitement at hearing that news when he got home. He didn't believe me at first because what man would do something like that? even to please his wife on Mother's Day. I mean, of course, he would never put a large rock slab. <laughs> Can you men, you know what happens to your minds when you think of all the work you're going to have to do to fix a problem like that? It's like, no, that can't be the problem. <laughs> but you know what? It was the problem. And as soon as he and the boys lifted this large, it's like probably this big and this wide, it's a large slab of rock. When they finally lifted that off, sure enough, Underneath the rock slab lay, the, lay a sprinkler head. And as soon as we fixed the problem, guess what happened to the brown crunchy grass? Yeah, it started greening up and everything was fine and dandy. Now, we're going we're gonna to read a little, a little scripture while the kids have a video that they can watch up there about our scripture. But I want you all to realize this, that each one of us, we need to be looking at our lives. Don't just settle for a life that's like, I don't know why my life can't be like other Christians. I don't know why. Evaluate your life. <laughs> your life is valuable. And just like we look and we see brown, crunchy grass, and we find what the problem is in our lives, when we find I'm not having joy, I'm not having peace, we need to stop and think why. We need to look and evaluate our lives. So let's look. Uh, let, we're, I'm just going to read to you because you guys, you guys can handle this. We're going to start in verse 3, and it says this, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, this is actually a farmer, and he's not planting like you and I do in a vegetable garden, like six inches, six inches, six inches. No, he's just, this is the old days, he's throwing some seed. He's tilled, he's tilled his soil. He's throwing some seed. And it says, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. 
Some fell on stony places where they didn't have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So we're going to pop down a a few scriptures. I can see the the adults are all totally into the video, so go ahead, just watch. I'm going to keep preaching to y'all, but it's okay. Y'all just watch the video. So we're going to look at verse um, 18, and this is where Jesus is explaining. Now, that story all by itself, would it have very much meaning for you? Jesus teaching all by itself, it really wouldn't have any significance But Jesus explained his story, and he said in verse 18, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and he doesn't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart, and this is he who received seed by the wayside. Now, I want you to think about your driveway. What are the chances that a dropped cucumber seed in your driveway would actually make it to taking root, growing up, and you saying, oh my goodness, I have a cucumber growing in the driveway. We better put a little fence around it. We better nurture. It's not going to happen, is it? Some tire's going to run over that seed. A foot's going to trample on that seed. Or... Birds are going to come and pick up that yummy little cucumber seed. That seed is, nothing's going to happen with that seed. It's going to be lost. And so Jesus is saying that this is an illustration of what happens when somebody hears about Jesus. And maybe they heard it from a friend, a neighbor, whatever. And they just thought, oh, awesome. And then right away, the enemy just brought something that stole that seed. It might be a thought like, Oh, well, if, if God knew what I, if he knows what I've done, he'll never love me. Or, um, well, that could be true of other people, but not of me. All sorts of thoughts, and people just so hear it, and then it's gone. And this is why it's so important for us to keep praying for people and keep sharing Jesus with people and keep shining our life. This is why you don't want to yield to that, that temper you have with that neighbor. <laughs> who irritates you so much (laughs) because of the things that they do. Maybe they're playing their music too loud or they're doing this or they're messing up your yard. You want your light to shine because they need Jesus. They need a time when the soil of their heart is going to be soft and the word's going to be able to take root in there and grow. Then we look at verse 20, and this is what it says. It says, He who received the seed on stony places... This is he who hears the word, and immediately he receives it with joy. And yet he has no root in himself, but he endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now we're going to look at a little video here. You're so fortunate that I found a picture of a seed growing in rocky soil. And so here's our happy little seed. He fell, but he's in the rocks. Do you see any sign of any dirt anywhere? 
No, I don't know. There's no dirt. And there it goes, doing what God created seeds to do. He's putting down his little taproot. Where's his root? Where's his root going? It's just going in the rocks, isn't it? Yeah, it's going in the rocks. And now his little, you guys who've had science recently, you know what it's called, but we'll just call it it's his little leaf hand. How's that sound? His little leaf hand is going up, and he's going to make a leaf. He pushes the rocks out of the way. He's looking pretty good, isn't he? This is, this is what he says when somebody gets all excited about Jesus. Um, but the first little challenge that comes to them, maybe they prayed and, and they, didn't, they didn't get the answer they thought, and what happened? Yeah, it's gone. It's gone because the roots were not in the soil. One of the, there are three different um, recordings of this particular story, and one of them compares the first and the second and said, just like the first one, it ends up there's no fruit at all. That, it's just gone. The plant's destroyed. They got excited about Jesus, but they didn't really have the opportunity to dig down deep, and so it really, it really became nothing. They said, oh, yeah, I kind of tried being Jesus. Or maybe somebody said, you know, those Christians are all hypocrites. And they said, oh, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so no, I'm not going to follow Jesus. Whatever. Any little persecution came, and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're gone because of the heat of the sun. But we're getting to a better part of this, okay? We're getting to a better part of the story. And this is in verse 22. Now, this is he who received the seed among the thorns. It's he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So we have somebody who hears the word. They got some dirt. They put their root down in the dirt. They're getting a little bit stronger. But what happens if you aren't careful about your weeding? (gasps) Pueblo seems especially prone to this. I don't know. I haven't had a garden anywhere else. But boy, do those weeds come up. I take them out, and I go back a few days later, and there's some more. It's like, where'd you come from? (laughs) And so in our lives, as we're looking... You know that scripture pastor, has, uh, he's been getting us to memorize. I don't have it memorized in the pastor in translation, but I've got it memorized in the NIV. But it says, may the God of hope fill you with all, what is it? Joy and peace as you trust in him. So we can look at our lives and if we say, you know, I don't feel joyful. I don't have any peace. What is the math equation, what does it point to if our peace is gone and our joy is gone? It tells us that we're not trusting in God. If we want to have a nice, fruitful patch of peace and joy, what do we have to do? Trust in God. We don't need to feel down on ourselves, but if we look at our lives and we're thinking, man, I just don't have peace, I don't have joy, look at your trust. Start working on your trust. It's a weed, those things are, that come up in your life and they choke out your fruitfulness. So we see three things in the, in the three accounts of this story. We see three things identified as weeds by Jesus. Number one is worry. Can you all understand the whole worry without me having to go into it? <laughs> How am 
many of us, we worry about things. We're happy in our little lives, and all of a sudden we realize, I don't have any peace. I'm at what, 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 what's the deal? And we've been worrying about this, worrying about that. It can be, oh, a myriad of things. And the last, the last couple, three months have added a whole lot to that list, haven't they, of potentials that we can worry about. <laughs> Should I touch them? Should I not touch them? Should I touch the cereal box? Who touched the cereal box before I touched it? You know, all sorts of things can go through your mind. So worry. But what's the alternative? We trust in the Lord. We don't yield to worry. Number two, he said, is riches. Are riches a bad thing? If you've been around here very long, you know riches aren't a bad thing. The only bad thing that comes with riches is that if we're spending all of our time trying to obtain money and we let it get out of balance to where uh, we don't have time to fellowship with the body of believers, we don't have time to spend with the Lord, we don't have time to listen to things that would be good and fruitful and helpful for us, then it becomes a, it's a weed. And what do weeds do? They choke out your life. They come up like in our video and they keep you from the sun. They take away the nourishment you needed in your own roots. Uh, and they draw it to themselves. So riches by themselves are not bad. But I, I'm sure some of you can remember a time in your life when, um, when you were concerned about riches. Whether it be because I want to be so wealthy or just you're looking out for your own good. I remember one time in my life, uh, I'd gone through this cycle. I didn't even realize it realize it, but I had taken a step. I was going to go to Bible school. I was going to transition from a good paid salary nursing job to private duty nursing, which is as the cases come up. And so I had planned, I'd prepared everything. And, and right as I was about to make this transition so I could prepare for Bible school, my roommate told me she was moving back home. So that means everything doubled. <laughs> my rent doubled, my utilities doubled, everything doubled. And I remember that night, I'm like, I used to go through this cycle. I'd just get these cold sweats, and I would wake up. I would just, I would just be so afraid. Why? Because I'm concerned about money. And the Lord told me something. He said, you know, I've always been faithful to you, and you can do this, and I'll be faithful. But he said, you can also skip this and just trust me because I've always taken care of you. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to skip it. I'm not going to do the cold sweats. I'm not going to do the waking up. I'm just skipping that, and I'm just going to trust. That's all I'm going to do. And guess what God did? He took care of me. And I didn't have to get my whole life out of balance. I didn't have to get everything messed up. Worrying about taking care of myself, God took care of me. And I was able to be able to just continue to be fruitful and grow. And then the last kind of a weed that Jesus talks about in this particular thing is, everybody take a deep breath. Pleasures. How many of you like pleasures? How many of you have ever gotten, okay, how many of you really like to read a book? A good book? How many of you have ever <clears throat> found yourselves saying, just one more chapter, you know? Okay, just one more. <laughs> just one more. Okay, it's 11. That's okay. I can take a nap tomorrow. Just one more chapter. I got to find out what's coming next. <laughs> Is there anything wrong with a good book? No. But we got to keep things in their right place, don't we? And this goes with all sorts of pleasures, things that take up our time, uh, things we enjoy. You know, you can get out digging in the garden, planting things, and, and just let things get out of kilter in your life. So we have to make sure pleasures are kind of like desserts. You know, is chocolate cake a bad thing for you? Do not say yes, okay? 
do not say yes. <laughs> chocolate cake's not a bad thing for you, but is it bad if you had chocolate cake for breakfast, lunch, and supper? Yeah, because it would be robbing your appetite. Then you wouldn't want those carrots and other vegetables and things that actually nourish your cells. You'd be filling up on things that are just luscious. <laughs> and so this is what Jesus is warning us about. It's just saying, you know, those things can be weeds in your life. Just watch. If you find that your, your grass is brown and it's crunchy and it's looking like it's, it's not being nourished, just look around, see if you need to pull some weeds. What I want to mention is in a, a different section of the Bible, Hebrews 12, 15. And this one is really, it's really kind of important for us to guard against because sometimes we feel like we have a right to. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. You know, sometimes uh, there are words that are spoken, deeds that are done. I remember when I was a little girl one time, there was a, a trusted adult in my life who said something so ugly to me, and I was probably about seven or eight at the time, that, do you know, when I was probably 21, 22, I could still tell you the exact words that she had said. That's a root of bitterness. And it's there to choke out the life of God, to choke out the word of God that's supposed to be springing up in your life. So if your grass, if the grass of your life is brown and crunchy, <laughs> if you're looking and you're saying, you know, I'm just not seeing the fruit in my life that I want to see, just start checking some things, checking what, what kind of weeds are growing up. The last kind of soil Jesus talked about, he said, this is the kind of soil we want to see in our lives. He who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and he understands it, who bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. We all want to be good fruit. Remember that first scripture that we looked at? We want to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. The scriptures that came after that said that as we are rooted and grounded in God's love, that from that place of understanding God loves us, we begin to understand the width, the length, the depth, the height of God's love. How many of you understand better today how much God loves you than you did five years ago because of experiences challenging the love of God with you that you've walked through. Maybe you handled something really badly. Maybe you made a really dumb mistake. Maybe you just, I mean, lost your cool and blew up and were a total jerk and caused a problem for so many other people. Maybe you lost your job and here was who was right here with you the whole time. And you found him still loving you <laughs> in the middle of your mess. As we understand that God loves us, being rooted and grounded in love, and through our relationship we begin to see just how wide this thing is, how high this thing is, how deep this thing is, this love of God for us, it causes us to become more 
and more and more fruitful. There's a scripture in the first uh, chapter of Psalms, and it talks about us being like trees planted by the rivers of water. You know, if, if you're ever where there's a, even underground water, you always see the trees are green, are, are green. And it says their leaf will not wither. There could be drought going on all around you. And believe me, right now in this world, there is drought. Nobody has answers for the things that we're facing right now. They may have some ideas. They may have some thoughts. But there is no one that we can look to who says, I've got solid, concrete answers. I totally understand about this virus and what we ought to do. Have you all heard anyone say that? No. Everyone's guessing, responding, reacting as best they can. All the other challenges, there's nobody with concrete solutions. There's a drought in this world. But this shows us what God wants us to look like in the middle of a drought. He wants us to be green, leafy, not just alive with crunchy leaves. Or How many of you have forgotten to water your houseplants and those leaves go... They fold in half. You water them, they fluff back out again. God doesn't want us looking like that. He wants us to be fruitful even in a time of drought. We have the right to that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what's going on around here. We get to be fruitful in every season of life. Through drought, through, drought, through times that are great, all different times when things hit you, problems come to you. Just picture yourself as this huge cottonwood. <laughs> great big old leaves, great big old trunk. You're drawing your water from a life source that nobody else can see. But you're alive and you're thriving and you're fruitful. So Lord, we just thank you so much for what our lives in you can be. Lord, you've been so good to us. And Lord, in this room, even outside of the things that we're facing uh, as a nation and as a world, Lord, every person in this room has their own, their own little set of situations that they deal with. And Father, I pray for every person in this room. <laughs> That as they look at their lives, that they would just begin pulling weeds where they see weeds are growing. That they would have an understanding of the great love that you have for them. That there is absolutely nothing that they or anyone else can do that would be able to separate them from your love. Because your love is just that deep. It's just that wide. And it never has any limit on it. And so, Father, I just thank you for fruitfulness, fruitfulness, fruitfulness in here today. Fruitfulness in this congregation. Joy, Lord, when people around them are filled with worry and concern. Peace, Father, when there's just all sorts of chaos. I thank you for fruit being seen in our lives, not only for our own enjoyment, Father, but as a light and as a sign in this world to your love, your goodness, and what it means to be a child of God. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now, if you have your offerings physically, like in your hand with you today, 
um, you can go ahead and, and put them in the bucket as you leave and Lord I forgot to pray for the offering but thank you that we have something to give I tell you as I've called different ones in the congregation uh, some of you all have had some lean times through all this but everybody that I've talked to has said to me no I'm doing okay <laughs> we've got enough we may not have as much as we usually but I got enough I'm doing okay the Lord's been faithful amen that is such a testimony to the goodness of God. So, Lord, we're thankful that we have to give today and that we're going to have more and more and more to give as God blesses us and as we're faithful and we give and we, uh, we take care. There's a word for that, but the things that he gives us. So, all right. Um, Dwayne, did you want to say anything or like how we leave? We're going to leave from sort of back to front and make your way into the parking lot if you're feeling chatty. And um, I'm going to be out on the side of the church over here. If anybody wants prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you. Any of you visitors, if you want to come tiptoe by, I'd love to meet you uh, and get to know you a little bit. And we're glad that you were here today.